Welcome to the Global Tech Leaders Podcast, where we help business leaders and individual contributors with actionable insights to hit their number and figure out the nuances of truly operating a business globally today, squeezing the essence of the lessons learned from the planet's top tech leaders. This is your guide to joining the fast track to global market scaling. So today we are joined by Eugene Zhang, who is a founder and CEO at uh, TSVC. He was also one of the early senior members over at Cisco and a founding team member at Juniper. So just to give you a bit of background on what TSVC do, they were founded in 20, 2010, so going for, 20, uh, I guess, 11 years, nearly 12 at this point. Um, proud to be a leading early stage venture capital fund in Silicon Valley, investing in forward thinking ideas and cutting edge deep technologies, as well as partnering with exceptional founders and ex extraordinary entrepreneurial uh, community. TSVC has been ranked in the top decile of early stage VC funds in Silicon Valley, quite the accolade. Over those uh, 11 years, they've delivered outstanding returns for investors by funding 160 startups in the deep tech focused areas, such as SaaS, AI, chips, FinTech, biotech, blockchain, and semiconductors. With unicorns such as Zoom to their name, they need no further introduction. So welcome to the uh, show today, Eugene. Excited to have you on. All right. Thank you, Ross. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what I want to do is just kick off and, and learn mm. a bit about your story. So, you know, take mm. us through your career. You're obviously in the Valley area. You're very mm. passionate about what you do. You've clearly got an eye uh, and an ear to the ground uh, on what's an innovative technology and spotting winners, but really take us through your career journey from a personal perspective, if you would, to start. Yeah, great. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm a kind of a new generation of uh, immigrant, uh, originally from from China and got my, you know, kind of um, graduate degree in the US. So mm -hmm. time uh, flew by, you know, like a good 30 years in Silicon Valley. Wow. Kind of get brainwashed, you know, by all the development here. Um, you know, very religious about the eco and the, and the culture, and then you know the, the in the in the valley. Um, so my personal kind of career, I, I put it as like two paths. So one path um, was on being an employee, working for big big companies, high tech companies. Uh, you know, because I had a double E degree, uh, so that's why it's engineering uh, kind of path. The other is on the more on the entrepreneur side. So let me quickly get on to the first path. You know, I work at the first job was at MDAL, um, which nobody know about it today. Uh, it, it turned into a, a, a quite about Fujitsu, the supercomputer company by, uh, from Japan. And then it's really the mainframe, you know, you know, a desktop and PC kind of a networking kind of thing. So they, later on, their business was destroyed by the, uh, you know, desktop computer. You know, and then I joined the San Marco system, you know, with a star. And then today, um, you know, Facebook occupy all their buildings. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> And uh, luckily, uh, you know, I, at that time, I uh, worked with a coworker. Later on, we started a company together. Uh, um, you know, he was from Japan. And later on, I joined the Cisco system. You know, Cisco was the stock company in the valley. You know, stock splits and 
and goes went to the original price point of every six months. It was the exciting, crazy time of Cisco. And also, luckily enough, I worked with a lot of nice and good, smart people along the way in these companies. And then they, you know, my son Marco System boss, and you know, influenced me to join a startup called Juniper Networks. Mm-hmm. It was turned out to be extremely uh, lucky. He was one of the co-founder of one of the three, and then dragged me there very early on. So Juniper Networks, you know, after three years went public, valuation was as high. Uh, as seventy billion dollars at one point, yeah. So three years, it's unthinkable today. But part of the dot com thing was the networking. So, so that's my kind of career. Um, and then on the entrepreneur side, quickly, you know, I co-work with my partner uh, in a co-work at a San Marco system. We did a company. Later on, was acquired. After Juniper, we did another company. You know, also in the semiconductor software space and all that. And fast forward to um, you know the our venture here. So I started to do some angel investment, and then just out of personal interest, I kept the interest high. In, you know, invest in a few friends' companies, and then 2010. So I myself and co co-founder of the fund. You know, we for, uh, along with the schoolmates from Tsinghua University formed this uh, fund. Originally, we called it. Uh, TIC Annual Fund. Now it's uh, called uh, TSVC. So that's kind of the quick <laughs> suffering. Yeah, interesting. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's a great story. And, you know, I've had the good fortune as well to join early stage companies like uh, HubSpot, for example, here in Europe. And, um, you know, to say they're in the moon now would be an understatement as well. So I, I also got it wrong early in my career. I joined... Uh, I, I suppose not got it wrong is a wrong say, thing to say, but I had two options coming in at university. One was Dell and a very good company, great structures, great learnings, great friends, great alumni. But the other was another company I, I had never heard of called salesforce.com, right? And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know them. They're CRM. I don't really know. And to be honest, I was offered a PhD in my postgrad in CRM and its impact uh, in business. Um, and I just, I asked my dad for advice, right? And my dad said, no, go with the household name, son, you know? So, but, you know, I've, I've talked about this on previous podcasts, you know, we can't all get them right uh, first time round. Yeah. But, you know, I'd like to say yeah. successes later. Yeah. Um, but for me, what I'm curious about for you is, like, what drove you to find opportunities? And what, what spark did you look for? Like, what special criteria, what... Mm personalities did you think were important in the mix to say, mm. yes, I think this is a good winner, uh, backing a horse, you know, for example, what, what do you look for? What, what do you yeah. gut feel? And then, you know, things on a spreadsheet, maybe you have to have. Yeah. So the great question. So we kind of the fun after 10, 11 years, you know, the, most of the senior partners, they all started a company. We are quite religious about, about, about that, um, mm-hmm. so it's all founders, uh, all with the technical background. So we will stay at the seed stage. Um, mm-hmm. So now at the very early stage, or pre-seed, seed, a whatever the, the stage we are in, um, then in this early stage, not a lot of spreadsheet as you mentioned to talk about, right? So it's very limited attraction of the company. Some company have some uh, little bit of revenue, but it's very hard to kind of uh, forecast in, in any meaningful way. Um, 
So founder and then the team, right? So we try to kind of get some kind of conviction about this team, right? So, um, you know, um, <clears throat> as a founder, we have this uh, uh, investment uh, decision framework, you know, we call it three pillars and then the synthesis of the three pillars and then the judgment call, whatever okay. it's, uh, but, um, but the number one is this um, kind of the team or the founder. So, um, you know, a few important things we look, um, you know, uh, or as necessary condition, not a far from sufficient, right, as a business to invest. So we look for, you know, kind of passion, you know, very important. Um, mm -hmm. What is the background for the person to start a company, right? Out of what reason to start a company, right? So try to um, filter out these two opportunity is okay, but it's the try to, you know, we, we try to filter out the, the pure opportunities type, you know, because money is available, then they did do a startup, nothing to lose. So we look for at least some fun, um, team, you know, with the skin in the game, you know, mm -hmm. this, in the, they treat this as a mission, you know, they, they don't care very little, uh, some small details, say they quit the job, they don't have a salary, they, they're gonna be struggling with that decision. Those things, you know, uh, or, or you say, oh, once you invest, I, I can quit my job. That kind of thing, we don't need to educate. So mm. we, although we do very early stage, certain things we don't need to convince you. We need to get a strong signal. The investor, we never play a role to convince someone to do a startup. We want to have that team have this fire, say, this is, I want to do this. Okay, then mm -hmm. that's necessary. Some people have that passion, but they cannot go anywhere. But that is the necessary piece. So they need to have this kind of a mission and personal kind of thing. So all the startup we bet on, at least, you know, we all have this kind of conviction to say this is really what they want to do. They want to you know, take some very significant sacrifice on early, mm -hmm. in, you know, in pay and all that. And they don't treat this as, you know, uh, it's like a sacrifice. They just, they just think this is, they should be doing no brainer. Mm. Uh, so that kind of thing, at least those are the very basic stuff we need to look, look for. Um, of course we, then the per person had to be a, uh, so the leadership skills, right? So then with that the basic stuff, then we need to look at the person, um, you know, the certain leadership skills can get a team together, can, you know, think, you know, has the, okay. So it's uh, open, we have their own uh, conviction about things, vision, but also open-minded enough, right? So stubborn, but also, can listen it's ah, tough okay. but I still can listen to a degree so it's not like i'm i know it all uh, so so it's a good it's a combination if the ceo is weak it doesn't know what to do they say tell me what do, do i do tell me what do i what do the investor want to hear those are just immediately they uh we write them off if right, when right, someone right. asks hey what what do you like to see the, the that's you need to know more than, than us for whatever you do. So 
So the you know uh, yeah long answer, but a, a quick a few, a few short uh, things I may just mention. Yeah, that's that's very interesting and, and and feedback I've had before. And I suppose one of the key things I'm really interested in in is leadership skills that you mentioned there. So you talked about the opportunity, you talked about the founder, the mission, the sacrifice, fire in their belly. I guess is important. Um, but I think. What's interesting that you said stands out as leadership and, and why I say that is you're investing in areas such as SaaS, AI, chipsets, fintech, biotech, blockchain, mm. semiconductors. OK, um, some would see, you know, you know, technology as being innovative. Right. I don't think so. Mm. I think technology is the platform. Right. So, you know, if you're not on the Internet, you're missing an opportunity. If you're not aware of what AI is bringing to the table, it's controlling you. Um, if you're not familiar with blockchain, get familiar quick because it's disrupting financial markets quite dramatically. Um, fintech, I've had many people on and spoken extensively about that as well. Another area I'm very passionate about is disrupting old school banks, et cetera, because they're just not competing with the modern world. So I think for me, um, if you're not in those spaces, you know, that's, that's where the innovation happens is those spaces, right? But the reason I bring up leadership, if you look at a company like Zoom, okay, Mm. Zoom and what they're doing isn't particularly groundbreaking. It's actually, it's the platform we're speaking on now, but this technology has actually existed for over two decades, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, you had programs before like GoToMeeting and Microsoft, their own instance, you had Skype, etc. So mm. my, my reason for bringing this up is you've got to see something in a person that says, I'm going into a space that's crowded, right? I know there's other people there but I believe we're going to be different and here's why. Tell me about that experience. Maybe you mm. Zoom specifically is okay. fine, but like, tell me about okay. a leader that you were like, wow, this leader knows what they're talking about and I believe in mm. their vision. T tell me a bit about that experience if okay. you would. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, a good, good context. So, you know, every, every, so back to the people side, um, um, you know, the Zoom thing is the one on the market competitiveness side and then the, 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 the team. So, you know, the background about Eric is, is very, very unique. He didn't get a, a degree, an official kind of degree in the U.S. as directly hired by the WebEx uh, co-founder, you know, you know, to work in, in Beijing office, China office. And then, mm -hmm. you know, he did very well and they decided to move him here. So it's just kind of work coming here, get an itch. You know, one you know for that kind of status. So he um, moving up the rank really from the engineer all the all the way. So to be a VP. Um, so you know when I ran into him 2011, right? So uh, he he got frustrated at Cisco. Um, Webex was really the pioneer. Okay, maybe some company before Webex they all maybe failed. Webex was the only one went public doing this grand vision you know the creating this market segment until the 9 11 i think they give them the the bigger boost on business otherwise people say meeting is in person sure. what are you talking about you remote yeah. meeting this totally does not make sense not human important. need a meeting in person uh, so so but uh, clearly he was uh, frustrated um at a cisco because webex acquisition there and then it's a tiny business inside cisco uh, you know so so he you know, we got a message of what he want to do the next generation, couldn't do it inside the Cisco and want to give us the bigger bonus, whatever the earn out in three months. He doesn't really care about this. This is what he want, want to do. And then also can, you know, take quite a few key employees to follow 
him. You know, it's very important uh, signal. You know, people can can and a leader. You know, people follows. Mm-hmm. And then, so these are the very good uh, personal. Uh, you know, people's side of things. You know, uh, that gut feeling of okay, he know this space. He can. He know what's the weakness, and then can do the next generation. Uh, uh, right. So the another thing is on the market analysis side is more complicated. If you do a lot of market analysis, it's really very um, uh, you could turn very uh, confused or you may not score very high because you, as you mentioned, Skype and then the Apple had this FaceTime, you know, phone call, but uh, the mobile experience um, was not a. Uh, occupied so you do it you know webex in all the net meeting they are most desktop skype has this thing on the phone but they get acquired and then we know by my, my um microsoft right background, yeah. you know working experience at yeah at cisco they always buy the company because they know internally they cannot do anything <laughs> they always buy companies so the minute they get acquired you kind of create opening for the company in the in the your competitors they all think it's a good news you know Sure. So, 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 so the mobile is way open. So that's one uh, key uh, uh, kind of uh, we believe. Some people choose not to believe, thinking this is not gonna. Of course. Why we need another one? So the combination we hear that Eric or that. So the team really way way much much higher um, than the market analysis side. Uh, you know. So, so, so that's kind of the conviction. We were uh, one. The only institution, little institution, invest among the original eighteen angels was the first, for the first round. It was all friends, kind of a family round for the first seed round. We were the only seed called a fund invest in among the eighteen. So that was the amazing, yeah. amazing. And yeah. um, well, tell me about some technology that you are passionate about. Tell me about something that you feel is groundbreaking. I mean, this is the reason I'm so excited to talk to mm. VCs and private equity guys, mm-hmm. because you get to learn about what's coming and, and, you know, cool companies and, you know, people we speak to are gravitating towards these. So um, mm-hmm. tell me about a technology that you are really passionate about that you do see as maybe groundbreaking and not so crowded and you feel will be very exciting going forward. So I think uh, being, uh, you know, the, um, see the investor i mean we really are facing uh you know all the unknowns right so but the exciting thing keep it is myself and my team member going is this uh you know forward-looking thing right so it could be very debate debate uh, and a lot of debate also you know people the risk tolerance always has a distribution right so we also internet have a lot of discussion about is this really a, a be a realistic business or it's just this kind of pipe dream you know right so that kind of thing it's constant but uh, keep us going and it motivated it's in- interesting so we our our fund uh, you know you know you early mentioned the sector coverage we are really you know very bored you know because we have this 11 years of history we have the we have the spec unique uh team you know full-time partner plus the part-time uh, you know, part active uh, founder in various domains allow us to do very broad coverage in, in, in the investment space, kind of very, very, very unique uh, for what we do. So that's why we can get them exposed to many things. 
Mm -hmm. uh, other funds may, you know, or, or much, much bigger fund can do this, take this uh, generalist approach, right? So for us, we are fortunate doing this, but also we can, um, you know, you know, get engaged with all the exciting things happening, I think, right? So, so getting, um, so of course we have done, you know, 100, you know, by now 180 companies across all kind of industries. Now, a lot of things are very exciting. Uh, some are, you know, uh, in the existing market to do 10X, you know, or 20X better. That's, uh, so, but those are incremental. Um, but there are a lot of emerging sectors. It's a uh, very, very uh, you know, kind of, a, you know, kind of interesting. So for, for example, um, for example, we um, just, um, uh, for example, so exciting things. One is, the, for example, the hydrogen economy. Okay, so, um, you know, the clean or renewable energy, it's actually quite difficult to invest the last, last wave, right? Um, you really? know, maybe 10 years ago, a uh, lot of VC put the money in the renewable energy. I think the return was miserable, right? So, um, the, you know, renewable energy. But, but now, um, second time around, you know, I tend to believe that you don't want to learn the wrong lesson. For example, web van burned and crashed. And then if you choose not to invest in DoorDash, that's your choice. Sure. But it didn't mean the opportunity people, a lot of people take web van such, you know, it's dead. Why you want to, this stupid business model will come again, you know, why you want to invest. You can learn this kind of lesson and sure. don't touch it, that's okay. Nobody cares, actually you don't invest, sure. right? That's the sure. thing. So Sometimes you learn the wrong lesson, it's very fatal, I mean, but you need an open mind to see what is different, right? So we, although the new, new energy investor was very burn and crash kind of to a degree, uh, solar, right, in the Silicon Valley, right now the electricity parity is so, so far exceeded the, the original cost of parity. And then a lot of the solar companies in that space are quite profitable, but all the Silicon Valley solar business, they all disappeared, they all died, including the one Obama putting 500 million government loan into Silentro. Right. Okay, so that is, uh, okay, that's the background to do the bloodshed business, but I'm mentioning the exciting thing, Yes, looking at a clean way to generate hydrogen. These are all the forces coming together from the macro, of course, you don't want to count on the government policy, but uh, there's certain things coming together, uh, make it possible. One enabler, enabler could be, because solar is so cheap, you can generate and then generate into uh, uh, hydrogen, for example. That's kind of interesting to help help the earth to, to <laughs> sustain a little longer. Yeah. Right? So that's, uh, you know, either by, you know, we look at economics, so it seems like it's possible. And we, you know, still very high risk, we probably would do a bad. So that's one. Another one on the hardcore business side is really we see multiple companies try to use AI. Kind of early first impression, I was, didn't believe at all, but using AI to create a formula, formulation material and you know, to guide you this, you know, finding new materials, you know, maybe the application is in um, battery application, all that stuff, because the, if you, the normal way is you try the form, combination of materials and then you test it. 
the testing is taking forever, right? Each animation, you know. Uh, so, so, but using AI maybe help you guide this kind of material discovery, all that stuff. After you see a few companies doing this, so you may realize that maybe this is the future Very of good. doing something. Yeah. For example, you know, this big QuantumScape, a lot of controversy, but that they are in that space also. QuantumScape uh, took, uh, uh, become a public company through SPAC, you know, still worth uh, over $10 billion. But, but in that, in that space also. So that's also kind of exciting. A lot of things um, so uh, ha happening. So uh, another thing I want to mention is, uh, um, you know, of course, I, I personally, I keep very broad interest. I just like to have a new thing, especially sometimes I don't know I even more interest. Sometimes it's become a dumb, right? You put in money, become dumb. But you know, the. But I, I also I'm also a believe, believer in the blockchain related stuff. You know the DeFi could have a significant in, uh, impact, uh, and also you know for NFT also make a lot of sense. Meet the human, um, you know, you know, you know uh, desire right to, to do the NFT. For example, it's uh, you know a lot, lot of people want to get a recognition. It's a perfect match. So. So that also I'm, I'm, uh, I choose to believe in it and then, you know, see which company can do well. But of course, a lot of people say, I, I just don't believe this, this thing at all. Then don't touch it. <laughs> sure, sure. Forgive my ignorance, but what does NFT refer to? Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's called a, so you, you know, the, uh, called a, it's a non-fungible token. You heard about this art piece sold for... $68 million unique yes. signature, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is thing to give you a unique signature. I'm not an expert, but but in general, it's just that it give you this uh, bragging rights so, you, uh, so that I own that, declare to the world that I am the person own this piece. And then later on, I can even trade it, for example. So to give you this, uh, whatever the famous celebrity, you know, they want to own a piece of something, you know, right? That's, <laughs> this is the way to own digitally, right? For example, um, so a piece of art or a, pi a picture, unique picture, everything you know, right now can be done. A lot of noise right now. Uh, as, uh, uh, for the real thing to reside, you can, uh, you can for example, charity, you know, uh, for example, charity, I ask you, uh, Ross, I have do I'm doing this great mission. How about you? You last year you donated ten thousand dollars. This year I'm gonna ask you, Ross. You know we have done this kind of work. Why don't you donate ten thousand dollars? You know. Sure. Okay, that's the older way. The new way is, hey, Ross. See, we have a you like art, you are kind of art collection. You Chinese painting, oil painting, whatever the digital form or, or a special whatever the like the early days open source code. You are mm. you are you you want to reward or you are about the, the guy created the WW web, you know, the piece of source, uh, software. Yes. I'm gonna generate the digital signature. How about Ross? You buy one tenth of this art and then you own that piece and then you buy the money, you buy, uh, I'm gonna auction the charity and then you buy that and you, you have a piece of thing you own, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it's, a, it's a much better way for you to donate. So I even own something and then maybe some, there's a marketplace you can even trade. That's a secondary. So, 
So all these things coming, it's kind of very interesting. I choose to, I choose to believe, but a lot of our fake companies in this space all time. One out of nine, uh, you know, nine out of ten are you know not going going anywhere. But there's one maybe a real real company building business. So so in that way, people will be more open, embrace this. Um, so. So the NFT, I also choose to believe this is a could could be a very big look for very you interesting. Yeah, no, I can make I can see how that would make sense from a computational perspective, digitally how that would work. Um, I suppose one of the things that I kind of struck me for about what you were saying were that was there that, um, you know, you've invested in 180 companies. You're involved in very early seed stage rounds, um you were one of the only um, organizations, you know, to be an organization funding Zoom in the early days when it was friends and family. That's really interesting for me. Um, do you think that that is just, you have a really high tolerance for risk, you like risky things, or do you have like a process maybe internally in your mind that allows you to process risk? Because clearly you're not a gambler, you're making decisions that are correct. And I'm just curious to know like, how do you do this? Like, how do yeah. you, because let me put it this way, okay? Um, you, you know, it's very common to speak to your friends. You know, you're down the pub, you're speaking to your friends and, you know, you, you go and ask family members. It's, it's phenomenal. Human nature is you ask family members for advice. They are completely unqualified to give you. Like the worst people you could give uh, advice to or get from is, is your family, right? So I'm curious to know, like, you're obviously in a circle of people that you trust you're working with people who are very smart, as you mentioned. But I'm curious to know, like, do you find yourself to be a, a risk taker? Do you believe you're a risk taker? Or do you think you're a calculated risk taker? And is there a process you go through mm -hmm. to make decisions in your mind? Obviously, you have a you know, framework. We talked about that. But I'm curious mm -hmm. to know from a, an initial perspective, like, what gives you a, a feeling that I could believe in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great question. So, um, um, yeah, uh, for the fun, you know, for certain things, you know, we are, we, we also uh, stay away right now, the official of fun, we don't direct invest in, in crypto, for, for example, maybe someday we do a, a separate one. Um, but uh, definitely it's, uh, we have the, put it that way, every time we, we release a check, I feel nervous. Ah, it, it, oh, totally, totally true. Yeah, I think every single time we say, did we miss anything? So I want to give you the honest answer. Everything I don't know other people how they see when they write a 10 million check, even for us, it's half a million dollars or a million dollars every single time. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, a feeling that it's, uh, it's kicking, kicking in, you know, that that's the, the, the you know, so because it's the end of the day, you are investors, uh, the money. Um, okay. So, so, um, it's we are really in the balance of the risk, uh, you know, business, right? Um, put it that way. Um, so if you, um, every fund has a filtering system, you know, you say no to, right? So you, the, the way, so no to it because you, you say the chances are low, people don't have conviction, you know, that's that you say no. Okay, so, so we internally, uh, you know, uh, that's why we have team this, this discussion, debating is so important, right? Okay. Um, but ultimately we want to achieve a goal that um, using one example. So say there are three companies coming to the pipeline and then you have uh, <clears throat> three is a good reference. So 
two of the companies in hindsight turn into a company you should not invest. Okay. And then one of them was this potential great success. And then either you choose to kill whatever the methodology, you kill all of them, or you let them pass. So if you have a choice of that, your mechanism, your fund, the mechanism should let the three pass. That is our goal. Whatever we fine tune our risk tolerance, we say our goal is not a block the, because the way you set up whatever the, say if we have a formula, actually there's no fixed fix formula. The way you guide it is you, you, if you block all the three, if that's the first uh, consequences, and the second is you let three pass, then our uh, ultimately the fund should choose to let the three all pass. And we invest all three of them, if that's the, the choice. So that is the we I that's the our whatever the debating system internally has to gear towards that, because if you remove all the low risk, uh, you know, then you kill the good deals also. So that's the, the balance we need to strike. I don't know if I made it uh, uh, clear. Uh, that is the goal. So if your mechanism if I try to uh, uh, reduce the risk exposure to the point that you kill all of them in three you will not be successful because you kill the one good deals also. Of course, yeah. So it yeah, yeah. like so, healthy debate is yeah, so, part of it, right? Yeah, so we encourage heavy debate. Our debate sometimes is like a gone little crazy. <laughs> uh, it's also uh, also uh, our, you know, the 10 year, 11 year history. I, I you, know, uh, you know, I also, we also have a unique, uh, a participation scheme, you know, I participate in the fund carry just like other people yeah. on the credit base, on deal basis. So we debate on, on, on merits. Um, we record it, you know, internally, we make it a transparent internal recording each person. Mm -hmm. So we can, uh, you know, in the future or in the middle, we can play back. Everybody need to make their strong statement. statement. It's, it's, we don't tolerate anything like, oh, Eugene said it's good. I'm just gonna say good. We don't allow tolerate any of that. So, so uh, what the lesson we learn is, um, you speak your conviction. You don't listen to, you know, um, um, you know, you are open minded to listen, you know, to other people why they say no or say yes, but uh, you don't follow. You don't follow. You you either you you say I don't know enough to come in, or you come in with your own uh, view. Right? It doesn't matter who you ask, uh, disagree with. Never a concern. Never a concern. So so this is the culture we build in. We have the digital way to capture all this. Right? So this is the, we encourage this. And after healthy debate, if we still can. Okay, let me give another minute. So we have this pro and con, try to convince each other, right? In some cases, you still cannot convince, you know, someone says, no, I still don't believe this, this company can succeed. Then we have a voting mechanism, finally. We um, usually, we can, um, in most cases, we can convince each other, either on the no side, on the yes side, that's okay. But if you cannot, then we have to go to the vote. We live by the vote, we record a vote, vote why, record a why, and then we move on. Either yes, we invest, no, we 
kill the deal, and then we record it, and then we move, move on to other things. So we have this mechanism internally so that uh, we all can be peace because not a turn into personal fight, right? So that's the way to do it. And then, you know, that, you know we, we all of that of the, the 10, 11 years history, I think we got this part uh, really, um, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 the result and you know kind of a be the piece of the our uh, found the culture or practice um it's the most important piece actually uh, more than Clearly more than know, other right? things yeah there's no question you nailed that it's very very obvious and um, we we've spoken on previous shows about um founders um, and founders being ideas people and founders moving into a leadership role. So they have, you know, very strong technical skills. Maybe they're engineers. And Michael Gerber talks about the e-myth and engineers running, running companies and that sort of stuff. But then you've got folks like Mark Zuckerberg, who's transitioned to become a leader, you know, traditionally wouldn't have come naturally. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of more curious on, you mentioned about people who are leaders and people who, you know, brought people with them on a journey and, you know, left companies they were in to join this person. And that's fantastic. And there's definitely elements of natural leadership um, that happen with a, a person that just has energy coming out of their pores, you know, and that's great. But one of the things I want to talk about is you, you mentioned there about culture. So you talked about your own internal culture um, and any of the startups that I've had the good fortune of being part of, they have a culture like playbook. They have a, this is what we believe. Do you ever engage in discussions with founders and you know organizations you, you invest in to say, and they come to you and they say, hey, we need some help to developing culture. Like we believe we're good leaders, but we need to grow and scale. We're gonna use this investment to scale and grow, but I need your help developing culture. Have you had that conversation and how do you give guidance on developing a good prosperous culture? Like you're debating structure you talked about. I love that. How do you help founders with that process? Mm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think uh, tough, tough question to be to be to be honest. Um, um, I think you. Um, yeah. So uh, definitely, there are few uh, using influence in, in influencing. Um, the founder, but uh, really in the, um, you know, the, the founder space are very dis dispersed. It's each has very unique, you know, you know, very, every company, the CEO founder are quite a, quite a diff different. We try to be um, kind of uh, play the assisting role. So we, we as a founder, we, we don't believe in coming in and changing the team structure kind of thing. So, so that's, uh, by choice, uh, certain VC, you know, they come in, look, you know, you know, can remove the CEO, you know, you know, even the CEO, you know, is not agreeing to. Uh, so, so, the, the, so we choose to just uh, the, the limit is we tell you we don't agree with your practice, um, you know, then, but we don't take proactive action, uh, you know, uh, in in almost all cases, maybe some exception. So. Um, Unless something really, really alarming, a red flag pop, pop, pop. If it's a personal style thing, we try to yeah. work. We know each company has different. Each, uh, you know, you has their own unique background. Why you inject your view? This is a way to do it, right? It's, uh, it's just we don't believe in that. We we let you to run your own own show. Um, 
And so I think when I have a chance, usually I think one thing is ask them to raise the transparency. Some come to you kind of, uh, so I just strongly believe all the great companies today, you know, we, we, you know when I talk to a, a person work at an intuitive surgical, I say, this company runs so well for so long. What is the unique, unique about this, about intuitive surgical, right? It, he named one thing, it's transparent, transparency. You look at uh, Netflix, I think it is also a part of that also. Great companies always have that. Uh, I'm not sure about Apple, but, but um, so, so that it kept you uh, in all that. So um, yeah, it's a really a tough uh, question, but it enables to a uh, company from a good company to be a great company. Nice. It has the culture. Zoom also has this unique uh, also culture. You know, uh, early days when Eric could talk about uh, uh, happiness, I was like, oh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we work sure. to do here, guys. Yeah, yeah like uh, happiness. So, but when I'm meeting him, you know, he's really brilliant. Like, oh, what matters? You know, people are not happy. You get a Oh, you you know the company get a one billion dollar valuation, get all the VC money, you know, and if nobody's happy, you know things won't won't work. See, from that angle, I, I, after that talk, I, like maybe yeah, okay, so happening. So he using that is a of course not just the words, but action or that. So as long as you have a way to unite people, take together, um, you know, creating a healthy culture, that's very important. From a good, good company to great company. So yeah, we will do more on this uh, uh, with our, uh, you know, but because we are relative early, so uh, usually not at the top priority, to be honest. When a little company, you know, they are busy with some traction. So, but it's a, it's a thing we um, I mentioned, I mentioned to them, you know, when you later on, you need a day one, you need to think about build a company culture, uh, you know, yes. for greater, greater company building, all that, yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of long answer, yeah. No, it's a great answer. And I think the things that I take <laughs> away from, there's two main things I take away, raise transparency and, and happiness. And clearly they've been very, very <laughs> successful in the experiences sure. you've had. So I suppose just as we round the corner here um, and we, we wrap things up, I'm curious to know with such a busy schedule and you know such a dedicated work ethic, what do you do for fun? And when do you have fun and free time? Oh, thank you. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I do some sports that kind of important. Uh, we can get away, you know. I pick a, a play a, a golf is a, quite a common, not a not a single handicap, but try to get there as a goal. Try sure. to get to quite get there. So um, you know, enjoy all kind of. Uh, uh, sports, some, some, uh, some, some reading, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, or some many times listen to a podcast. <laughs> like this one, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Ross. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, look, it's been a real pleasure to have you on today's show. I've learned a ton. I really enjoyed your um, alternative approach. It's clearly been very successful. I very much enjoy speaking to you again and having you on another show. So thank you so much, Eugene. Yeah, okay, great to be on, Ross. It's a pleasure. Okay, thank you. 
You've been listening to the Global Tech Leaders Podcast, designed for both established and aspiring career-focused tech rock stars, as well as helping leadership figure out how to speak global in today's multicultural world. For further details, check out sf-talent.com.